You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour! Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Here to bring you all the casual conversations on the shows, concerts, films, and theater that we see and observe and see and observe throughout our career. Uh, This conversation will feature spoilers, so please make sure you check out the content we are discussing today before listening on. You have been warned. Um, However, we are talking today about Funny Girl Part 2. Part 2. We say Part 2 because if you look back on our podcast history, we do have an episode about Funny Girl with the original Broadway cast from the spring of 2022. We are now in the fall of 2022 with the the original. Well, not the original. We're talking about original revival cast. Yes. And now we are here about six months later with a new, somewhat new cast. Some not, some new, uh, in the fall of 2022. And we're here talking about Leah Michelle in Funny Girl. Ramin, Kremlu, and Jared Grimes are still in the production, but we have a new Mrs. Bryce, and the mother, played by Tova Feldsha, um, is, the, is Fanny's mother in the production we saw. So today we're talking about... Funny Girl Part 2. And we're doing a Part 2 on this because it it was a – if anybody's been following this, it's been a long journey for this revival. I'm going to do a really quick, like, one-minute recap here. Okay. Barbara Streisand does the original Broadway production. It's been 50 years since we've seen a revival. No one's touched doing a revival at this. No one understands why. The reason why is because no one wants – no one thinks – Anybody can play the role like Barbara did. And Barbara goes on to star in the film. And Barbara goes on to be this huge star. And no one wants to touch this. In and the, it's Barbara, Barbara, And Barbara. it's Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. <laughs> and it's the 70s. And then it's the 80s. And then it's the 90s. And then it's the early 2000s. And then it's the 2010s. And then it's the 2020s. And now we're here all these years later. And we've, if you want to hear what we thought of Beanie and her production of a Beanie Feldstein who did this in the spring of 2022, you can go check out that podcast. But all of a sudden, come the summer, we hear this casting change that Leah Michelle is going to star as Fanny Bryce. And millennials across the world are like, oh my gosh, because we all grew up with, in high school and college, Glee being a major, major show for musical theater lovers to come into the mainstream television scene. And we see Leah Michelle play Rachel Berry, who is a Barbara Streisand fanatic and is obsessed with Fanny Bryce and Funny Girl and thinks one day she's going to graduate high school and star in Funny Girl on Broadway. And then at the end of the series, she goes on to star. And we see her star in this show, in the TV show, as Fanny Bryce. And we all sit here as like citizens saying like, Will that happen one day? And where is the Leah Michelle-led revival of Funny Girl on Broadway? Because she can clearly do it. Yeah. And then the producers of the Funny Girl revival say, here she is. And we're giving you an opportunity to see Leah Michelle on Funny Girl on Broadway. And there's a lot of backstory with that. Beanie leaves the show two months early. Julie Banco, who's covering the role, who is covering the role many times, is really holding the show through to the summer. We get to September. Leah Michelle stars for four performances. COVID hits. There's Julie Banco again. There's pro- there's problems backstage. 
the one week the show pulls in a million dollars, one week the show pulls in half that, and back and forth, and it's nothing but problems. And Barbara Streisand sends a letter, but doesn't come, and I just, I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, this show... For a show that was so great. You're getting the most. I'm getting, right I'm giving you everything right now because we're coming off the heels of seeing Leah Michelle and Funny Girl. We, we, what are going to end? Two hours ago, we're actually seeing, we're recording this episode right when it ended. Yeah. We were like, let's get to the mic and let's talk this about this. This is like when we did the minutes. Yeah. If you when listen we, to the minutes podcast, we, we came right to the, the mic. Minutes for and that. we came right home and we yeah. just recorded the podcast yeah. right off the coattails yeah. of seeing the show. And now, we're doing that with Funny Girl. And, and you're going to get an interesting conversation. Yes, I think you are. So stay tuned. Um, <laughs> I want to say this. I want to say this. Yes. During the Black Lives Matter movement, Leah Michelle had come out and said she supported the Black Lives Matter movement. And since then, people who worked with her in her past, multiple people have come forward and said that she was a very difficult person to work with and a very problematic person. Mm-hmm. I need to say that here because I think that that is important. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is important to know people's past and their history. Since those statements, Leah Michelle has come forward and apologized for some of that and said she was in the wrong on a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And this has sparked an interesting debate because now Leah Michelle is here starring. And there are some people that are like, yes, Leah Michelle. And, and the ticket sales are showing that because it's a very expensive ticket and a very difficult ticket to get right now. We bought these tickets months ago. But there is also their crowd that says we should not be supporting this person. This person has made faults and mistakes. And this person maybe shouldn't be where she is right now. And whether you're neither here nor there, I needed to say that because I think that's really important. Because just because someone is extremely talented and worthy of a role doesn't mean that what they're doing off camera or behind stage is not um, important to talk about. And so I think that I just want to say that. And I think that might come up in some of this conversation. And I think that it's really, really, really important to speak about someone's whether they were mistakes, whether they've apologized or not, it is part of her past. Um, lately, there's the whole, oh, Leah Michelle can't read, and Leah Michelle can't read, and, and TikTok and Instagram makes fun of that, and she kind of was upset, and now she's kind of embraced it. And I feel like lately she's been in the, the mainstream as like, we love her, we hate her, she's great, she's horrible. We love her, we hate her, she's great, she's horrible. And we're like flip-flop. I've never seen a star so flip-floppy in such a short period of time. Well, it makes it interesting for you as the fan or not the fan, mm-hmm. too, because you don't really know what to kind of contribute to in terms of her career anymore, mm-hmm. either. Because you see one thing one day, and you see another thing another mm-hmm. day, and you say, am I supposed to like her, or am I not mm-hmm. supposed to like her? We, we, and yeah. we kind of get into that, that realm with mm-hmm. her. It's like... I don't know. Well, it's interesting. We went with a large group tonight. We went with a lot of family and friends to see this production. And there were people in our group that are major Leah Michelle fans. There are people in our group that have no idea what Funny Girl's about. And there are some people in our group that said, I don't like the the history of Leah Michelle, but I'm going to kind of come anyway. And I think that's very interesting. Because I've heard that from a lot of people that are like, I think this woman is so talented, but I do know that she's problematic and I hate supporting this, yeah. but I'm still here. 
And I think we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Let's save that to the end. Okay. Because I want to go into Fanny Bryce <laughs> and I want to go into this role. So I'm going to start a little mini segment of this podcast. And okay. it's called Statements this by Richie. This is called uh, Richie Talks the Whole Time. No. I might get I'm a not, few Jeff words is get in. So, no, I have a little mini segment I'm going to start. Okay, I'm going to make a statement and Jeff is going to agree, disagree, or say... Maybe that's the middle ground. But I have statements because I've seen this now for the second time and I have statements. I'm not saying these are facts. These are my opinions. And I'm going to tell you my opinions on the show. So statements. The opinion is go to the bathroom before oh my gosh. you see the show. I had to go to the bathroom so bad and I went I went in the middle of act one. I had already seen the show. So I knew where <laughs> Domain of My Parade was coming up. I went and I came back and I still made it for Domain of My Parade before intermission. So I will say that. But you annoyed the people behind you. <laughs> I had to. I know. I'm sorry. All right. So <laughs> state, Richie statements. Okay. Let's go, Richie. Statement number one. Funny Girl is a very well-written show. Mm. Wait. You said I get to give my opinion. Yes. But let me. <laughs> let me the, well-written show. Yes. But let me say this. When you look at the structure of the way this story is told, and you look at some of the books of some of the musicals we've seen over the last few years, I look at the structure, I'm like, oh, we really do kind of see the journey of this character. From It's a rags-to-riches story. The songs are placed in the right places. The plot moves correctly through. I don't feel like we're... La- I do think Act 2 lags a little bit. But when you look at Act 1 of this show, Act one is good. You look at it and you're like, oh, that song makes sense there. Oh, book scene. Short book scene. If you notice, the book scenes are not very long, and I like that. I don't know if this was um, Harvey Firestein's correction of some of the book, because okay, he did kind of come about something there. Yes. Because there is something that they changed from Beanie leaving to Leah coming. Which is? In act one. Because those scene changes moved yeah, everything is seamlessly moving. And I think when we first saw it, it was a little clunkier. It was very clunky. Yeah. And it seemed a little stiff. Yeah. And I feel like now things are really moving. Oh, of course, we're months into the run now, right? Yeah. Um, so statement. I think Funny Girl is a really great way to tell the story of someone's life. We have seen shows where we've left and we said, mm, I don't know if they've gotten what that person's life was all about. And I think a lot of it comes down to flow. When you look at the flow of a musical, you have to put the songs in the right places. Where is your comedic relief? Where is your ballad? Where is your plot development? And I think that this work, I appreciate it more the second time. I'm seeing plot. I'm seeing a lot of characters come in and out in the right places. And I'm seeing the plot develop. So when I get to Don't Rain in My Parade, I get it. I get why this woman is feeling an obscene amount of pressure from her personal life and her professional life. So I feel like you were going to ask me this question and you were going to say this already mm-hmm. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I had already thought about this. Okay. Okay. Is it because you were invested in Leah Michelle playing this character? It, yes. And I'm going to talk about the performances in a second. I'm just talking about the show. I know, but the same show was performed with Beanie Feldstein. Yes, and I didn't. Yes, and I had only seen the Barbara film, and I do think that's a great classic film. But I obviously never saw the original Broadway production. But but I'm I hear say, what you're saying. I'm gonna say, Leah, Beanie, Barbara. Okay. Well, it's that, the same show three times. Yeah. It's not like it's changed. Well, and what you said probably in the 
Beanie production is not the same thing that you're saying now, mm-hmm. and I'm not calling you out. No. I'm calling you on the fact that you're invested in Leah Michelle well, playing this character. We're making a lot of this about Leah Michelle, and we should because that's the main reason why we're recording this. So I want to go into <laughs> Leah Michelle a little bit. Leah Michelle, I've, I've spoken about her problematic past. Yes. I would like to now clarify that I'm speaking about Leah Michelle's performance as an actress and a singer yes. and a dancer and a performer on stage. Yes, because we should talk about that. So now I'm going to talk about her just as her performance. Th- that is a star. It's a star. It is a I turned, that is a I turned star. I up turned there. and I looked at my friends to my left. Mm-hmm. I looked at my friends to my right. I looked at my friends behind us. Mm-hmm. And every single person looked at it and said Oh, my God. The woman commands a stage, owns a stage, and owns a role, and envelops it, and yeah. becomes it. Yeah. And I I unfortunately didn't feel that with Beanie Feldstein. No, because... I, I didn't. And I felt it with parts of Beanie's performance, but I didn't feel it with her performance right. as Right, and this is not to compare no. the two performances, no. because we already know how we felt about Beanie. Mm-hmm. And when it came to Beanie... She didn't command what mm-hmm. what we expected with Fanny. Mm-hmm. And what we expected with Leah, she delivered beyond. Well, I was going in thinking, is this going to be the Glee version of Leah? Or is this going to be a woman who, 10 years later, has, is you know, we know Leah is married. She has a child now. She's yeah. an adult and matured. And... I'm watching this performance on stage and I'm watching a, a woman who is just committed to what she's doing. So she committed. is owning the outfit she's wearing. She's owning the wig that she's wearing. Sometimes I didn't feel like Beanie owned what she was wearing, what she was standing in, what she was doing. Yeah. I didn't feel like she owned it. And this is a star vehicle role. And I'm going to say something back to my Richie statements. This show Similar to Gypsy, similar to maybe Phantom, some shows that are star vehicle shows. Death of a Salesman, yeah. we just saw recently. Sometimes the show, do- and this is no disservice to the designers and the performers and the creative team on this show, and the writers and the actor, other actors, but sometimes the, a show like this really does, I can't believe I'm even saying this because I'm such a, person of the team, the team, the team. It's all about the many, many people who make this work. But sometimes a show does really come down to the, the vehicle, the star vehicle. And this really comes down to the star vehicle because of the way it's written. And because we're looking at Jules Stein, who wrote the music to Gypsy, who wrote the music to this. Do you not see the similarities between the two? The man clearly wrote star vehicle shows. Bob Merrill writing these lyrics. I actually a lyrics stood a few lyrics stood out to me more tonight. Um and and there's something about Don't Rain on My Parade. If you listen to those lyrics, it's pretty amazing. I don't know. I just that's a that's a ballad. That's a <laughs> not a not a ballad in this sad sense, but that is a powerhouse moment for any character on a stage to sing a song like that. Of course. It's an iconic song. And I just I really think I saw a completely different show. If you told me this was a couple of years later and it was a new production, I would have thought I was seeing a new production tonight yeah. than what I saw six months ago. Mm-hmm. I don't ever really say that. And the ensemble is working really hard and the supporting roles are working really hard. Okay, but, but here's I really one thing think too. I'm watching the ensemble thing. 
and the ensemble is giving me a completely different performance. Yeah. I don't see an ensemble that's like, oh, let's keep walking on eggshells. No, no, no. I see an this ensemble an that's ensemble owning that the work. says, we're actually enjoying mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's not something I want to be saying, but that's something that I'm feeling mm-hmm. that I need to say. Because I watched every single person up on that stage look happy, look like they were enjoying mm-hmm. what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Which is a big thing. I, and I felt, too, that when I was watching the show with Beanie, everything else mattered in the show. Mm-hmm. Not just what Beanie was doing. Tonight, when I was watching the show, nothing else mattered. Mm-hmm. Everything else was complementary to the story. Right. So when her mother, played by Tova, and her two friends who were always playing poker. There was such playing, a different feel with it that was such crew. A, that, that felt like something so different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the previous show. Well, let's talk about Tova for a second. Tova, I believe this is marking, I I could be wrong in reading this, but I'm pretty sure I read, this is marking her 50th year on a Broadway stage. Wow. Yes. I could be. How have we never seen her? Yeah, she's been in many, many things. Um, Yes, it says here, Tova, who will be celebrating her 50th year on Broadway. She is a six-time Emmy and Tony Award nominee and four-time winner of the Drama Desk and Outer Critics Circle Awards. This woman has been in many, 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 many things. And have we never seen her? We. It's been a long... I don't know if I've ever seen her. She's done a lot. A lot of plays. Okay. But I will say this. I... Let me talk about Jane Lynch for a second and then talk about that role. Jane Lynch is hilarious in Glee. Jane Lynch is hilarious in Best in Show. Jane Lynch is really good at what she does. Jane Lynch was not cast properly in this in Mrs. Right. Bryce. It just wasn't. She wasn't and I was, cast properly because it just didn't make sense. It, it was out of place for her. Yeah. And I thought, I'm actually glad I didn't even see Jane do this with Leah. Because that could have been a Glee promo marketing thing. Like, let's put Jane and Leah together in this. I'm glad I didn't see them do it together. And it still wouldn't have worked. I don't think that's Jane's character. There was a moment where Tova says, oh, I see that this is not my place anymore. When Ramin, uh, Nick Yarnstein, and, and Fanny Bryce are arguing. And she says, this is not my place anymore. And she says, I know that it's not my place to be in the middle of a marriage. In the middle of this dispute. Like, there was a heartfelt hugs and sense that this mother saw her daughter grow. And I felt like with Jane, it was very like, oh, my daughter. Yeah, oh, my daughter. And I felt Tova hugging Leah. I felt hu- Tova right. supporting her. I, there was a support there that I didn't see with Jane. And I love Jane Lynch. I The laugh out loud moments I've had with Jane and Glee, right? amazing. I just didn't think that was cast well. Right. When you're seeing Ramin, Kremlu, and Jared Grimes doing the roles still, they're just comfortable now. But They're so comfortable. But didn't you feel like all of the other characters were so big mm-hmm. when we saw it with Beanie? Mm-hmm. Big in terms of what do you mean by that? Like they were just noticeable. Mm-hmm. And tonight, I didn't feel like they were. I felt like Leah really, really commanded the whole mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because it was her. Mm-hmm. It's because she did. Mm-hmm. And everyone else was complimentary to her. Before, it was the opposite. Mm-hmm. Everyone else commanded that stage, and they were 
And beaming was the compliment. Mm. She mm. didn't command it. Mm. And it's a very big difference to what this You're show dealing is. with a role that has to be sung very well, that has yes. to be performed and acted very well, and has to be danced well. There was a part of me that felt like at times Beanie really got some of that comedy really well. And I remember oh, yeah. really laughing out loud. And I will say, rat a tat tat. Yeah. I was hysterically laughing at Beanie I, in that. I, I that thought that was so one. great in that act two, middle of act two number. And then to me tonight, I felt like Leah Michelle was trying. The mustache was falling off. I don't know if anyone's listening, if they've seen this, but tonight her mustache kept falling off. Yeah. And then at the one point, she's like, you know what? I'm taking it off here, conductor. And then when she handed it to the conductor, I'm like, that's smart. But that's what a star does. But that's smart. That's what someone who is who so... Who knows what to do in the middle of a moment. Yes, that's what someone who is so, yeah. so yeah. good at what they're doing says, this is falling mm-hmm. off, and I got to think of something yeah. very quickly while still performing. Mm-hmm. But when while I also... still performing. Yeah. Yeah. I I also feel like there was a sense of tragedy. I never really felt the tragedy with Beanie. I felt the comedy. There was so much comedy with Beanie. I think Beanie is so good at what she does with the comedy. And I hope she continues that in her TV career and her movie career. But I, there was a tragedy at the end. The uh, the music, um, the music that makes me dance. Leo, I was like, oh my gosh, this is ingenue. This is, Golden age musical theater ingenue. The wig, the outfit, the lighting, the set, the music that makes me dance, leading into the finale like that when she's and for and I saw, you know, when the all her flashback is coming back like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, what a sadness. I I felt for her. I yeah. felt it. I don't know if I always felt it with Beanie. I don't yeah. know if I did. And I, I hate saying that because I really wanted it to work, right. you know. Um, I will say this. Going back to Richie's statements, I'm making my statements. Oh, he's still going. Yeah, I'm making my statements. <laughs> Jeff will disagree with me. I know it. I'm about to say what I'm about to say. And I'm just going to say it. This is very difficult for me because I think Leah Michelle and Barbara Streisand are very, very neck and neck in this role. If they made, if they announced tomorrow that a film was going to be remade with Leah Michelle and Funny Girl, wow, would she maybe give Barbara Streisand a run for her money? But my statement is, I do still think that Barbara Streisand does this better than anyone else. I will live by that till the day I die. I don't think anybody else, if Leah came close, wow, she came close. It's like 99% there that you, if anybody out there, if you listen to the original cast of Barbara, if you watch Barbara in that film, and hopefully you agree with me on this part of the statement, there is the grit and the the verve in Barbara's voice that Leah gets really close to, but doesn't get like Barbara does. It would have to be. It's so close. It would have to be a filmed production of Leah doing this for us to compare. Yeah, I know. You can't compare the two. If you want to compare the stage virgins, then maybe. There's something about, and I say this, when they're all around her in the train station, and they're like, Fanny, no, Fanny, 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 don't tell. Okay, That Leah, is a moment okay. in film that is. I'm sorry. Leah owned that No, tonight. Leah owned it tonight. I know she that. She owned that tonight. I know that. I agree Leah with you 100%. Owned she owned it tonight. And I'm sorry. That song was sung. It was sung. Tonight. Yes. I'm just saying. Better 
than Barbara. But I'm a purist like that. I don't think anybody <laughs> else could play Mary Poppins like Julie Andrews ever could. You There's, got me, up in the purist. middle of the song. I did. You I got stood. up in the middle of the song praising this girl. And you got up at the end of the song praising yes. this girl. Because why she killed it. She, I'm not saying she didn't. I agree with you a thousand percent. If I ha- if I really had to choose, I do still think that Barbara Streisand, a young, strong Barbara Streisand, did this like no other could. I'll just always I, that's just how I'm always gonna feel. But Leah, wow! If if Barbara's sitting here fifty years later, and I real and let's talk about that for a second. I know we're running out of time. Where is Barbara Streisand? Let's talk Being about this. No, I don't. I read an article today that said Idina Menzel gives advice to Cynthia Riva on the wicked. Where, where is Barbara? Like at the very, 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 Cloning very, very her least. Where is Barbara Streisand doing a video call with Leah Michelle or Beanie Feldstein or, or Julie Banco, who's holding this role down all summer? Where is releasing her unreleased? Um, yeah, vinyl from when she was six. But, but let's talk about this. We saw Barbara. Sing Don't Ride in My Brain and people. Yes. In her concert. Uh-huh. At a, at a very different stage of her life. Uh-huh. The key was different. So I've heard now, and I can say now I've heard the key might have been different. <laughs> the key was different. Um, this is just, it's amazing that we can have these conversations because this is an <laughs> iconic piece of musical theater. And I keep, and I, was Ethel Merman probably amazing in Gypsy? Yes, but I didn't see Ethel Merman. And Ethel Merman didn't do the film. And I still think Patti LuPone is the best Rose I've ever seen. One of the greatest performances of my whole life. Really. And so Leah's really up there. She worked really hard for this. She is the modern day Fanny Bryce. She has took the torch that Barbara has passed her. And I would have, I would just love to know what Barbara has said to her, if anything. Where is Barbara bopping into that dressing room and saying, listen, this is hard. And I'm one of the only few people in the world that know how hard this is. And I'm here. And let me hold your hand through a couple hours of a rehearsal one day. Mm, but where is that? I'm glad you think that she. No, would but do where is that? Like that? Does anybody agree with me? Where <laughs> is that? I'm glad that he thinks that she would do something like that. But come on! <laughs> but wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I would. But you're asking Diva Barbara was, Streisand to but do. But Barbara that. did this on Broadway and never <laughs> came back to Broadway after that. This <laughs> role made her. Yes. And she did the film. I want to ask you a controversial okay. question. Okay, we're almost out of time. I know. We're controversial so question. Yes. Here we go. Do you think that this show should be re-reviewed and considered for Tony's again? Okay, I'm going to answer that in two parts. I do think the show should be re-reviewed. It will be. I don't think it should be re-eligible for Tony's. And I'm going to tell you why. Because there are rules. And then that opens the door for many. What about the 20 people who've played Phantom on Broadway? What about the people who have played all the leads in Book of Mormon and Wicked? What happens to all those people? To me, it wouldn't be fair to all the other people who have covered and covered and covered and went on. It's unfortunate. The Tony season has passed for this show. It got Jared Grimes a Tony nomination, which is amazingly deserved. And if anything tonight, I realized how amazingly talented that man is. And I really hope that man continues to get roles. And think about that because he probably would have won with this production. Maybe. I know he lost to Matt Doyle in company and two very different roles, right? Supporting actor in a musical. But to me... You can't change the Tony rules. The, it, you can't blame the Tony Awards. You have to blame the producers. The producers didn't really yeah, get no, the footing right on this. I agree. 
there's there's it was just, a, just no, contra- it's, it's it's just a, bad, a controversial. Question. Yes, but I do think it should be reviewed. I think New York Times should come and do another review on this. I'm sure I they really will. not I'm not kidding when I say that I really and I don't ever say this, but I really felt like I was watching a different show. Yeah. I just can't believe I was watching a completely different show tonight. And I'm going to say this, that so many of the things that bothered me in the original, well, not the original, but well, the, the original revival, the original yeah. revival didn't bother me tonight. Mm-hmm. The set didn't bother me well, tonight. Well, the set to me is a little interesting. I but feel- it still didn't bother me. Yeah. Because I wasn't worried about it. When right. you're worried about you're a worried set, about it means the things. show is bad. Yeah. And when you're hearing, for some reason, the orchestra sounded fuller tonight. I found it they to be very... They had to have added people. Maybe they added people They to had it. to have added Because uh, it seemed so thin when we saw it. And we saw it right at the beginning of the run. And the yeah. orchestra sounded so thin to me for an orchestral score that should have... And it did not in. feel that way. Yeah. So. So. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, as you can hear... through everything? I mean... I, I don't, don't even know. know. I want to wrap up. Okay, I want to wrap fine. up. Um, go. Final thoughts of this. <laughs> Leah Michelle. Performance of Funny Girl on Broadway, 2022. Final thoughts. Go see it. I guess that's it mm-hmm. for me. I mean, I was blown away. She is amazing. She is everything I wanted her to be in this role as a gleek. Mm-hmm. It just was the icing on the cake for my whole glee fantasy. And she was great. Mm-hmm. And the whole production was great. I didn't say that before mm-hmm. in the last in the in my last podcast episode, mm-hmm. and now I'm saying it. So, you know, nothing against that, but this was great. I will say this: I'm actually going to take a very different route for the last minute here. Sure. Musical theater writers of the present day need to go learn something from this. Yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber, Stephen Sondheim, they are both on the record as saying, I learned from the Rodgers and Hammersteins and the Lerner and Lowe's and the Julie Steins. These people write well. And I just feel like sometimes I'm watching a new musical and sometimes they're amazing. And then sometimes they're like, oh, where are we going? And I think that regardless of the lead, Sometimes I do think that regardless of the lead, regardless of the producers, regardless of the set and the costumes, what is this book and this score? Harvey Firestein had to sit with this book that was dated and kind of revise it. He's built here. There's some revisions. And I look at this and I say, when we see revivals and My Fair Lady cleans up their book and some of these shows come back and clean up their book because some of the books are not great, but I hear the scores and I hear the lyric, and I hear the the verve, and the power, and I say, this is what sometimes is missing from a modern musical. Yeah. I, I don't think it's missing from a modern play. I've seen some really great plays lately, and I think playwrights are writing really well lately. I just think plays, playwrights, but... W- and and some some of the latest musicals are great, and I know we're in the jukebox world. I know and we're going over time, but this is I know we're in the jukebox, jukebox world. But I I don't even consider this a jukebox because it's a biopic musical with original music. Yes, but someone sat down and said Fanny Bryce's story needs to be told, and I need to tell it the right way. 
But this and is that the same woman So Fanny stopped. Bryce's story is told in Funny Girl the same way as Hamilton is told yeah. in Hamilton yeah. with original music. Mm-hmm. And that's what's missing from these biopic type mm-hmm. musicals. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the biopic musicals like MJ mm-hmm. and Tina and Beautiful and Jersey Boys with their music. Mm-hmm. And it's not as creative as something like Funny Girl and Hamilton. But, and someone sat down and said, wow, what an amazing career that Fanny Bryce had. Let me tell the story and let me tell the sad parts of her life. Yeah. Because she is a funny... Don't, don't tell me that you've ever seen a show with the title Funny Girl with the amount of sad moments in it. Yeah. Because there's a few moments in it that you're like, oh, this woman didn't have a perfect life. And let's tell that. And I think that's astonishing. And I think Barbara got that really well a long time ago. I think Leah Michelle is getting that really well right now. And this whole cast, and I know we're over time, but my my concluding thought is (laughs) this, I love Golden Age Musical Theater. I really do. I love the revivals. This is just where my heart lives. And you know that about me. And And I live for it. I truly do. I love some of this stuff. He lives for it when he sits in that seat and that. Orchestra starts, and there's an overture, and it's a so we're way over time. We have to wrap up, but please listen and please listen to our first podcast on this. Yes, and come listen to this again. I feel like I need to go back and listen to the first podcast because I'm like, what did I say? And if you and if you support this and go see it, great. And guess what? If you don't, that's okay too. And just you don't have to, to go see this. And you, yeah, just listen to our podcast. If you if you don't go see this and you're not a Leah Michelle fan, that's okay. And I want that door to be opened up these conversations. It's it's okay to feel that way. Um, I don't know where the future of this goes. I don't know if someone replaces Leah Michelle or it closes with Leah Michelle. It closes. With it might her. close with Leah Michelle. Yeah, but it was I'm always really supposed go- to be her. Yeah, yeah. So we know this. So, but that's that. And we have more to come. We have more shows to come. There's more revivals to come, more new things. We love what we do. Jeff and I love what we do. We see what we see and we love it all. So anyway, I got to wrap up. But thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please follow us at Half Hour Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. um, And go follow Two Worlds Entertainment as well. We have lots of things coming out. We hope you listen and we hope you enjoyed. And more to come. More pop music to come too. It's a big fall. (laughs) Anyway, signing off for now. Thank you all for listening. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.